Welcome to Your Mark on the World, bringing you another changemaker with champion of social good, Devin D. Thorpe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Mark on the World show. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe, and we're producing this episode for Forbes, where I'm a contributor covering social entrepreneurship and impact investing. And we are very fortunate, honored to have with us today a very special guest, Frank Shankwitz, who is the founder of the Make-A-Wish Foundation and now the founder and CEO of Ripple Effect. Frank, thank you very much for joining us. Well, thank you. I appreciate the invitation. Frank, it is exciting to meet you. You helped to create one of the most significant charities in America. I mean, it, it, it has become such a deep and important part of our culture to think about this uh, ritual of delivering wishes to kids who are sick. Uh, I, I wonder if you'd share with us the story of how you got that started. I know you probably shared that story a million times, but a few I of have. us haven't heard it. I have, but I enjoy sharing it. it. It just means so much to me, and obviously, literally millions of people it impacted, all because of one little boy. In 1980, I was a motorcycle officer with the Arizona Highway Patrol. And during that time, the uh, TV television show Chips was very popular, especially with the younger children and uh, also with the older people, meaning us motorcycle officers. <laughs> but we had, uh, because of Chips, and I was on a squad that traveled all over the state of Arizona, two weeks in one town, two weeks in another. And instead of the children being all of a sudden afraid of the police officer, as we would ride into town or something, all of a sudden the kids are yelling, hey, Chips, hey, Ponch, hey, John. And it was a great public relations tool uh, with the children. And we had learned, again, in 1980, I was informed about a seven-year-old little boy named Chris with leukemia, uh, only a couple weeks to live, and his heroes were Ponch and John from Chips. He told his mother, when I grow up, I'm going to be a highway patrol motorcycle officer. And friends of the family contacted our department and asked if there's anything special we could do for Chris. And through the commission, permission of our commanders, we did set up a special day and permission of his doctor and mother. Uh, a helicopter, our state police helicopter, was flown to his hospital where we picked him up and he was flown to our state police headquarters in Phoenix. And when they landed, um, I expected a very ill little boy to come out. This boy was on IVs, very ill, again, only a few weeks to live. And then I had never met Chris. This is the first time I had met him. He came out of the helicopter and just started running over to me, a big smile on his face. Hi, I'm Chris. Can I get on your motorcycle? And he was just thrilled. As far as he was concerned, he was looking at something from the television show Chips. Our motorcycles, our uniforms were identical. In fact, we trained with California Highway Patrol initially and except for saying Arizona on our patches, as far as he was concerned, he was, he was with one of the CHIPS guys. But Chris went on that day to become the first and only honorary highway patrol officer in the history of the Arizona Highway Patrol, complete with his own badge, his own certificate with his name on it, the smoky hat, uh, tour of the, our radio room, the armory, what little boy went like that. And instead of having to go back to the hospital that the evening, his doctor, who was with him, told his mother, take him home. I, I don't know what's going on. His vitals are great. Let him go home tonight at his comfort zone, which he did. 
Well, when Chris went home, it dawned on us, we have a highway patrol officer, but we don't, he doesn't have a uniform. And in those days, they were custom made. Went to uniform shop just as they were closing. We have this little boy. He's seven years old. He's this high and this wide. Can you make a uniform for Chris? And they did. They spent all night working on that uniform. We picked up the uniform the next morning, and again, with the permission of our commanders, went out to his house. I led uh, several motorcycles and highway patrol cars, red lights and sirens. You can imagine the, the neighbors, right? Chris came running out. We presented him his uniform, and again, this little boy is just ecstatic. His wish is becoming true. I really noticed his mother. She saw a typical seven-year-old again, not a little boy on IVs suffering in the hospital. Well, Chris put on his uniform, came out just beaming, but he kept pointing to the wings on my uniform. How do I become a motorcycle officer? And I just teased him. If only you had a motorcycle, we'd give you a test right here in your driveway, just teasing him. Chris was a step ahead of me. He went in the house, came riding out on a little battery-operated motorcycle his mother had got for him in place of a wheelchair. Had his helmet out, we'd given him all serious. I'm ready for my test. Okay. We set up some traffic cones. Chris went through the traffic cones, very serious. When he finished, did I pass? Yes, you did. When do I get my wings? Those had to be special ordered also. Chris again got to stay home that evening. I ordered the wings two days later as I picked them up, I received a call. Chris was in a hospital, in a coma, was probably not gonna survive the day. I went to the hospital and his uniform was hanging right by his bed. Just as I pinned on the wings on that uniform, Chris came out of the coma. He looked at me, he smiled. Am I a motorcycle officer now? Yes, you are, Chris. He just started giggling, touching the wings in his uniform, showing his mom. Unfortunately, he passed away later that day. And I always kind of felt maybe those wings helped carry him to heaven. Chris was gonna be buried in a little town outside of uh, Chicago in Southern Illinois, a little town called Kewanee, Illinois. And my commanders asked myself and another officer would go back and give Chris a full police funeral. We had lost a fellow officer. But Chris was buried in uniform with full police honors, the Arizona flag presented to his mother. His grave marker reads, Chris Gracious, Arizona Trooper. But coming home from Illinois, flying home, I just started thinking, here's a little boy who made a wish, and we made that happen. And everybody just got so involved to make this happen also. Why can't we do that for other children? And that's when the idea was born to start the Make-A-Wish Foundation. It took me, uh, that was in April of 1980. By November of 1980, through a lot of help with attorneys. And that's not an oxymoron. An attorney can be a friend. <laughs> and accountants, just several people. Uh, we got our official 501c3 and started the foundation. In March of 1981, we granted our first official wish a little boy going to Disneyland, which opened up a great relationship with Disney, one of the biggest sponsors of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And now, 34 years later, we have chapters in 64 chapters in the United States, 36 international chapters on five continents. Over 350,000 wishes have been granted worldwide, which affected over, counting the families, well over a million and a half people and a wish is granted somewhere in the world every 38 minutes, all because of one little boy. That is amazing. Really, really an inspiring story. I, uh, 
I'm just just uh, overwhelmed, really, really overwhelmed okay. by by the great work that you've created. Well, tell us a little bit now about Ripple Effect. What is your new project? Make Make a Wish is a well-run, well-founded foundation, and. I've always been interested. I'm a veteran. I'm a police officer, a retired police officer, and there are so many other individuals, your wounded warriors, your burn camps. There's so many other things that I would like to be involved in, and I live on a police retirement, officer's retirement, and obviously I can't do that contributions to everything, but I got this idea of the ripple effect where we can, if we can raise enough money we can help numerous charities, numerous causes, in, even individual things. When I say numerous causes, like an example of Katrina, uh, tornadoes, um, individuals, we may hear of something, a, a vet needing a service dog, uh, a charity that needs help with, with funding. With the ripple effect, we can do all of that. We can contact through social media, just help so many different people, charities, individual causes. And it will just ripple effect down the line. It really is wonderful. So how will it work? Is this uh, like other crowdfunding sites, or do you have something special and different uh, for ripple effect? Well, well, we'll start with crowdfunding. It's going to be very expensive to start the uh, nonprofit because we have to be licensed uh, in all 50 states. And the reason for that license is because we will do media um, crowdfunding events but we also hope to establish TV programming that will bring additional funding into the foundation. Uh, I, I hope to, I'm working on right now establishing a board of directors that uh, I will report to. Uh, we will meet once a month. They will go through the uh, request for funding as uh, we become official. And they will choose every month what, what individual, what charity, what cause that we can take care of. Oh, that's really uh, a wonderful, wonderful vision for continuing the great work that you've been doing. Do you have some partners lined up already for Ripple Effect? Some supporters? Well, Kurt ID out of Seattle, Washington is a co-founder and a partner in this. Uh, I've met Kurt through a TV programming that we were doing a few years back called The Wish Riders, and uh, we kind of hope to establish a similar show on that. Um, working title right now called The Extra Mile. Uh, people going the extra mile to help other people. Oh, what a great, what a great model. What a great theme. So uh, it looks like, if I'm not mistaken, that uh, there is a film that you're involved with uh, coming up. Uh, can you tell us about that? <laughs> That's uh, surprising and very humbling. I was approached uh, last year by, I call the Hollywood people, and say, we want to do a story of your life. And yeah, okay. And they uh, convinced me that they were serious on that. And the working title of the movie is Wishman. And uh, it goes back to my years. I was raised very poor. It was just my mother and I. Um, and our journey from Michigan to Arizona, how we, she returned to Arizona. Uh, the upbringing I had, the people that influenced my life, um, eventually leading events of my life to founding the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Uh, it's been a lot of fun help working on this. The screenplay is uh, almost completed. 
I've got script approval, so I've been working on a screenplay with them. Uh, they hired me as location manager. I had a little experience in that. And uh, we've uh, secured all the locations that will be filmed in predominantly northern Arizona. Um, we just did a pushback. Filming was supposed to start this October 6th, but the pushback uh, will be to uh, April 27th of next year because of uh, financiers saying we want better quality uh, everything. So they're investing a lot more money in this. It started out somewhat as a low budget independent film and now it's going somewhat major. So it's very exciting. It's, it's yeah. very humbling also. Well, it is quite a compliment to you, your life, and your work, and uh, I will be very excited to see that film when it comes out. I, I, your story is amazing, and uh, people need to hear it, need to see it, and be inspired by it, and I hope that will help to catalyze your new project with Ripple Effect. Now, I, I believe it will, yes. We'll get the word out a lot more on that. Tell us a little bit about how people can engage with you to support your efforts on Ripple Effect today. Uh, the easiest way right now is go to uh, just rippleeffect.org, and that will pull up the website. Um, again, the current idea is, is I'm not the technical guy whatsoever, and he has developed the whole website of that, and it takes you through the whole program of what we want to do. Just Great. rippleeffect.org. Fantastic. Well, Frank, thank you very much for taking the time to be with us today. You're really an inspiration. You're an inspiration to millions of people, and we're grateful for you taking the time to be with us. And again, thank you so much for inviting me, Devin. All righty. Let's do some good. Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded via Google Hangouts on Air and is available at youtube.com forward slash Devinthorpe. Subscribe to this podcast on Stitcher or iTunes by searching for Your Mark on the World. Every weekday, Devin hosts a CEO, celebrity, entrepreneur, or other changemaker here on the Your Mark on the World show to inspire and prepare you to make your mark. Devin is a champion of social good, writing about, advocating for, and advising people who are doing good. He is a Forbes contributor who is a recognized thought leader in social entrepreneurship, impact investing, and crowdfunding. To book Devin as a speaker, visit devinthorpe.com. Learn more about Devin's work at yourmarkontheworld.com.